census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. episode 289 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Ray. Hope you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And uh, we are brought to you here in the uh, Pat Cave of Magenta Manor by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Um, I don't think we have another sponsor right now. Uh, we did, but we don't. So that's... Uh, exciting. That's, yeah, that's exciting. Riveting. And obviously, I am not here uh, by myself. I am joined by... My co-host on the show, my co-host in life, she is the Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Mistress of Merlot, the Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Michael Phelps of Wine, the Queen of the Monsters, and an Honorary Lizzie. I think I'm leaving a bunch of stuff you out. You are. I mean, there's the Queen Regent of Rosé. There's the... Um, Princess of Prosecco. Did you say the Real Housewife of Transylvania? Oh, yeah, yeah. I got that uh, one. Did you get that in? Uh, my Michael Mistress Phelps of, Merlo, of Wine. Michael Phelps of Wine. Queen of the Monsters and an Honorary Lizzie. Lizzie. I feel like there's something else. Was it I know. There's always something yeah, that we can add. But anyways, I'm but here. Ashes Von Nightmare, everybody. I'm here. I'm happy to be here. I missed you guys. Yeah, it's been a while. I've been running around like crazy, making movies and making commercials and. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes, uh, sometimes life happens. Yeah, there's been some life stuff going on and too. A lot, so. of, a lot of life has gotten in the way recently. So unfortunately, we had to take an abrupt uh, hiatus, um, temporary, obviously, because we are back. It's been like six weeks. So. Good to be back behind the microphone. Oh, I missed it. Yeah, I need to. I need, and I need to change the, uh, the 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 cover pictures and whatnot on Throwdown Thursday. Like, there's been, it it hasn't been stagnating because people have been you know posting stuff. Our buddy Nick has been posting stuff about the Godzilla Call of Duty. Godzilla versus Kong Call of Duty thing. I have no idea what the hell is going on. I have so many questions. Like, is it um, skins or like, are you supposed to fight Godzilla well, versus can you, Kong? But can, like, can you can you play as because if I, I Call think, of Duty yeah. is is online play, correct? Yeah, but I like the, multiplayer type. Like the whole story of Godzilla and Kong is that like they're never taken down by the military. They're friends. Like even when Kong was little. Like little baby Kong. It wasn't the airplanes. Twas beauty killed the beast. See, meh. But we've had some uh, exciting, uh, exciting interactions over the past several weeks. I uh, went to see an awesome concert. Uh, I've met some more movie stars. Uh, we we actually went to the movies yeah, a couple of times and got five, caught up on some new movies. releases. Yeah, we saw Batman, uh, Morbius, X, uh, and then last night we just went to see. The uh, unbearable burden of massive talent and uh, everything everywhere all at once. Highly recommend both of them. Fantastic. I oh. felt way more feelings on uh, everything everywhere all at once than I thought. It, I thought it was just going to be a fun sci-fi kung fu romp. 
boy, was I wrong. Brilliant. Sort of. Absolutely. It's, it's, I mean, the only, if I had to describe that film in one word, it would just be everything. Yeah, everything. Like, seriously. Um, because, I mean, it has a little bit of everything in it. And if you haven't had the opportunity to go out and see it, that is one of my must-watches. You have to see it. Either, you know, definitely if you, if you have the opportunity and the ability to see it in the theater, definitely worth it. But, you know, if, you, if you're if you waiting for new releases to come, you know, VOD, be able to watch in the, in the comfort of your own home, I highly recommend you either rent it or purchase it for yourself because... Uh, you will you will not be disappointed it is beautiful masterpiece and i really I think didn't see no i was going to say i like I, I really was um unfamiliar with who michelle yo was before this mm-hmm. i i, I kind of knew her from she's also she's done some voice acting as well in the past and i think that's what i know her from more uh oh my god like i i now I'll have show the, you a clip a little later. I was going to say, I have the sudden urge to go and just watch her like entire filmography. That's you know, everything take that some she's, time. Everything that she's done. I, she is just a powerhouse. And it, in such a in such a gracious way. And um, if you see the the movie, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. It's just it's just but yeah, going through so her good. filmography is going to take so you some good. time. But uh, yeah, so as some folks might know, one of the uh, the, the character that we had discussed discussing uh, is Roger from uh, American Dad, because we're like, oh, this would be an easy episode to be able to put out real quick, and it's been six, seven weeks since we recorded some of this, so uh, we're trying to get the rest of this done and get it published for you guys, so we can get back on track. I was saying we do actually have some really great episodes in the works. Some uh, working awesome on some guests. guests. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of X, um, you know, uh, makeup some, artist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're, we're in the process of, um, doing a lot of things. So I'm going to keep it short. We're in the process networking, of doing lots of stuff, networking with some of the it's people going to be fantastic because we, you know, like we've said in the past and I've said on multiple shows, there's a lot more than what you see than just the actors and the directors that make a film. And we want to try to highlight some of those people, get them some 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 FaceTime, for lack of a better term. And Sarah Rubano is one of those folks that um, you've seen her work. Like, y- yeah, you've her, seen um, her work. Her resume is really impressive. And really I, will, impressive. I will leave it at that for now. Yeah. So... Um, so, yeah. so it's uh it's been a while since we've done this. A while. But we do have a getting into character question yeah, for this episode. Yeah, let's see if I remember how to do this. Uh and because we are talking about Roger from Roger Seven. Smith from oh, from sorry. <laughs> uh American Dad. Roger is known for his many different uh, characters and the different alias aliases personas. Persona that's, that, what, that's, that's what better. He re- that well, that's the word he uses. Uh, personas that he creates to kind of live out his best life. So our getting into character question for today is: If you could create an alternate persona for yourself. What would it be? Who Bob Danilu, I sell gluten-free desserts. No, that's one of... Uh, and, and see, the thing is, Roger's imagination, I think it has something to do with his alien physiology because his imagination is so good that nobody sees him as an alien. That's one of his powers. And we talk about this later. Everyone in the family has... 
one persona that they can't see through and they don't know it's Roger, which creates some incredibly funny things that, that are situations that happen along the line. But his ability to, no matter what his persona is, like he has multiple families, multiple wives, multiple husbands, uh, dozens of children, uh, relationships that go back 60 years. I mean, he has relationships where he has high paying jobs, where he is, he's done so many different things. Uh, so, Given that ability, I, I would do one where I was a famous filmmaker or movie star, because that way I would also have lots of money. What would your name be? Oh, what would my name be? Yeah, you. I mean, you uh, need to come up with this whole characterization. What would your name be? How would you? What would you look like? How would you dress? Oh, my name would be Xanthor Panaflex. <laughs> um, uh huh. I would be. Uh, I would definitely. I would have I would have hair so I could have multiple different hairstyles because uh, I think that would be that's one thing that I wish I could do to help express myself. Would you Would you Would you have a wig instead? Would you Would you get wiggy with it? I would. I actually was talking to um, a hair person the other day, and she said that she would hook me up with a man weave, and she used a specific word for it, and I don't remember what it was. But it was, was it a toupee? No, it was an industry term. It was a word I've never heard before. Um, a merkin. No, that's a different type of weave. <laughs> uh, but she said she would hook me up so I could do something, you know, a little different. But um, yeah, like I would, I would. Uh, no, I don't think I would change myself, you know, my outward physical appearance all that much. I mean, I would be in way better shape. Um, but other than that, you know, I'm not saying like I'd look like Chris Hemsworth, but I'd at least look like Liam Hemsworth, you know, as far as you know my outward physical appearance, you know, I would still keep... But but here's the thing. So with, I mean... I mean, remember the you, shorts he got from, from Would you Ricky be Martin? able to change it, though? Like, to be able to, like, go back and forth between... I mean, Roger does. Alien? I mean, look at some of the... the, the yeah, but he doesn't really change his physique all yes, that Yes, he does, much. especially when he's, like, a woman. Yeah, well, that's just padding. No, he... There... I forget the name... Of the, but he played like a, uh, an older, heavier Southern woman, and he looked like he tripled his mass. Um, he's also played personas that are in much better shape. Um, he's very. He had his his physiology very much like the uh, geography of Springfield changes to suit whatever story happens mm. to be going on. Like, The Simpsons' backyard is not the parking parking lot for the nuclear power plant, but for the sake of a specific joke in one episode, it was. You know, so there's always things that happen in that universe that um, are done for the sake of the jokes. So that's probably what I would do. Uh, Xanthor Panaflex. Um, Academy Award winning actor Xanthor Panaflex Oh no, I would be uh, What's the term? EGOT uh, Emmy Golden Globe Emmy Golden... Grammy Oscar mm. Tony Yes So yeah, I would I would do that But it would be for directing, acting, writing 
and I don't know, set decoration. <laughs> wow, triple threat. <laughs> Quadruple threat. <laughs> Quadruple threat. I could set deck the hell out of a place. Uh, I don't know. I would it, there would be a lot of uh a lot of stuff. Because, like, I, I'm still learning what I want to do in the industry, and, like, there's a lot of different paths, and, like, I want to try them all. So, you know, this persona would allow me to do so. Xanthor Panaflex. Xanthor Panaflex. Sounds like something you need a pill to get rid of. Sounds like a pill that you use to get rid of something. Do you have gout? Xanthor Panaflex may be right for you. <laughs> Talk to your doctor. May cause rectal bleeding. <laughs> But your gout will be gone. <laughs> well, what about you? Uh, so I don't know if you know this. I don't. But I kind of got one already. What? I don't know about that. Um, I, I, I don't know if you know this, but Ashes Vaughn Nightmare, not my government name. I know. I know. Shock, I'm going to pause for, for a moment of, of, of shock and disbelief. <gasps> I know. Um. No, so this is kind of like my drag persona. Uh, she's a little, little more confident than I am in real life. Uh, she is, she's fabulous. She's fabulous, darling. She is like everyone's favorite drunk aunt, trophy wife. Just uh, Jennifer Carpenter. Jennifer Carpenter. Is that her name? No, it's not Coolidge. Jennifer. Jennifer Carpenter's Dexter. Jennifer Coolidge. I don't remember. See, How I'm bad at this. You. It's been six, seven How weeks. How dare you? I'm so tired. I'm everything. I'm Jennifer Coolidge, Moira Rose, you name Lady it. Gaga. Well, I mean, you know. But, uh, but, 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 in, so in college, and Patsy has actually met this one persona. In college, uh, this was before I was on social media. Uh, I just turned 21. I started really going out and stuff like that and wanted to be safe and kind of wanted to express myself and be a little different from the persona that I had. You know, my my real persona, you know, being very studious and whatnot. So I came up with this fabulous persona that I, I retired uh, several, several years ago named Trixie Firecracker. Mm -hmm. Now, that persona, the name was inspired by Ginger Spice of the Spice Girls. So in the Say You'll Be There video, uh, they all take on these different personas. They're supposed to be like, um, like, like, I don't know, like anime fighter type thing. Well, anyways, like, you know, Posh Spice was like Midnight Misuki and um, Ginger Spice was uh, Trixie Firecracker. So I took on that persona and uh, she was fabulous she was so cool um it was in the early to mid 2000s so um i wore leggings and these like slip dresses with these cute little like poofy sleeved cardigans over it big chunky jewelry amy winehouse had just come out and like i was teasing up my hair to be just like her and i had a really 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 heavy like uh eyeliner and sometimes i would do black on top and i would do colored eyeliner on the bottom it was super cool i should really bring that look back um and i wore these I think I still have them in my closet, like in a box in the back of my closet. Uh, these platform pleaser Mary Janes. 
that were super chunky and super fucking cute and it just topped off the outfit and i used to smoke uh i used to smoke clove cigarettes during these days Ooh, rebellious so i mean i you could not tell me i was not the coolest chick in the room seriously like i'll tell would... you right now <laughs> i've got my clothes conformist no, like she was she was a spitfire and we would go to the bars and people would ask me who I was and I would say my name is Trixie and everyone knew me as Trixie and it was just fantastic to the point where when I did start, you know, getting a social having a social media presence and whatnot, my name on all the social medias was Trixie Firecracker, including my OK Stupid account. Okay, Cupid, but I used to call it Okay, Stupid, because that's what I thought it was. But I still had one, anyways. That's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> neither here nor there. If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be doing this right now. Oh, hey, and that's how Throwdown Thursday was born. Um, when a stupid girl opened up a stupid account on a stupid dating website <laughs> and saw this stupid post by this stupid boy, I was like, hey, let's be stupid together and so they did and they created a podcast and it's called throw it on thursday um but yeah you could not tell me in those days that i was not the coolest chick in the room just like really big hair um kind of messy uh but just like super awesome. I was kind of a not quite emo, not quite scene girl. Definitely had a vintage vibe to it. Um, Simo. Yeah, super confident. Uh, and it's it's crazy the confidence you can have when you're pretending to be somebody that you're not. And here's the thing, you know, all of the personas that I've created definitely had the, at the heart of it. It's it's guys, it's me. <laughs> There's not a lot of pretending happening, but uh, but if I had to create a persona that was not one of the personas that I created, if I had to create another one, um, she would be a drag queen named Miss Kitty Litterbottom. And uh, she would be a filthy, messy bitch. And most of her stuff would involve kitty litter. Think of it like a think of like a John Waters divine. Oh, I was thinking more skit. Uh, Rip Taylor instead of throwing confetti, <laughs> throwing kitty, kitty litter. litter. <laughs> kitty litter and tootsie rolls for everyone. Anyways, uh, we want to hear from you. What are some of the aliases or personas you would come up with to kind of uh, live your best life and uh, adapt to a situation or whatever? So let us know. Email us at throwdownthursdaypodcast at gmail.com. Hey, I remember our address. Or you can hit us up on the social medias. And uh, I think we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're talking Roger Smith, the alien from American Dad. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. We all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold. Robust. Delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. (laughs) 
With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast, it's the greatest show in history. From the Dorkning Network, hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Yeah, pretty good impression, huh? Watch, I also do a good Roger. I like wine. And we are back, so it seems that you and Roger have a lot in common. I was going to say, so fun fact, Stan Smith's impression of Roger is also his impression of me. Yes, yeah, it's... uh, I like wine. That wasn't remotely close, but, you know... It was was exactly close. It was so close, it's scary. Um, I dropped my meatball in the pool. That was from uh, <laughs> the episode Pulling Double Booty. Um, Who ate all the pecan sandies. Pretty sure I asked for pecan sandies. Oh, that, yeah, that's it. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, today we are talking about uh, Roger Smith from American Dad, which is a character that, like, somehow... We've gone almost 300 episodes without talking about like family any guy type or of American Seth MacFarlane character. So um, this this may be uh, an unpopular opinion, but I think American Dad is funnier than Family Guy. Yeah, I think it's it's um, it's definitely a good way to. Make I think fun I think the characters right-wing. are better. And the writing is better, and and I also believe, just my opinion, Roger Smith is the greatest character Seth MacFarlane has ever created. Yeah, I I, will... I know I'm throwing out some strong words there, but I stand by it. That's I mean that's fine. Like he's definitely one of the most unique ones. Well, that I mean, he's it's got. probably you know, it's probably one of those characters that you look forward to writing. Mm. And it's probably one of those characters that you look forward to voicing, too. It's like one of those characters, like, you can, you know, he can do whatever he wants all the time. He has no conscience, no remorse. There's nothing. Well, and he's so, like, there's there's only gray area when it comes to Roger. Literally. Literally. (laughs) Uh, You know, you can do anything with this character because he's so ambiguous. He's a sociopath. Like... It's funny. With a heart of gold. Well, it's it, it's funny because he uh, there there's some interesting parallels because this whole show is basically a parody of right wing conservatism and you know hyper militarism and you know we've seen some episodes of Family Guy where Rush Limbaugh is kind of painted in a like a, a in a flattering way. I was gonna say in a in a painted in in a lot better light than, than he should be. Than he actually is as a person. 
Yeah, like, I think some of the... There's a lot of things that... And some of the later episodes uh, of Family Guy have addressed this. Um, they, like, you know, there's one where they talk about... They talk shit about James Woods, despite James Woods being, like, a prominent... James Woods High. Right. They rename it to Adam West High. And, like, there's a whole thing Which, about when I they... Which, I mean, is appropriate. When as... they talk about, like who who he is and like oh you know he's you know and like they they rip through him like they say terrible things about him and the show prior to trump getting into office and the show after um really reflects their true feelings like they phase out a lot of the gay stuff they phase out a lot of the the transphobic I mean, stuff the, the show progressed and i think it's because they realized that when certain things come to light when it, it's fun to make fun of things when they're not a reality right and we see but that obviously when, a lot when they become a reality when you're kind of you know uh, face when, when you're looking it straight in the eye like oh my god this is the this is the shit that we've been making fun of for so long but now it's real Right. Like you, know, you can always tell that there's a liberal leaning to Seth MacFarlane's comedy between, you know, American Dad and Family Guy. You know, like Haley Smith, you know, is that voice. You know, Brian Griffin is that liberal voice. You know, everybody else is just too. Like, there's a whole anti vax uh, episode that came out years before COVID, but it's almost the exact same thing. Like, there's a ton of this. Uh, it's almost like certain characters in the shows are designed to speak out against, you know, like be the the voice of McFarlane and some of the other uh, writers and, and performers on the show. But where Roger comes in, Roger has no affiliation. Roger's only out for himself. himself. Yeah, he has really no moral compass. Um, Other than well, what but, serves well, I him. Mean, so, yes and no. I, I kind of take that back, yes and no, because the history of Roger is interesting. How he came to... Uh, how he came to Earth and, you know, how he came to live with the Smith family. Um, you know, ultimately, as a... <clears throat> excuse me, as a debt of gratitude, uh, that just kind of turns into something else. I think the the biggest thing with Roger is... He he represents, you know, like, again, this is, you know, American Dad is a parody of conservative uh, lifestyles. And, you know, very often we're rooting for Stan because of, you know, he's the, the, the patriarch. He's the main character. He's the American Dad. Um, but he represents... You maybe what conservatism or right wing uh, ideologies used to be, you know, focusing more on the family, um, where Roger is what it has become, where I'm going to do whatever I want. And <gasps> what do you mean there are consequences to my actions? How dare you hold me responsible for the things that I've done and the damage that I've caused? And we see that over and over and over. I think. Roger is, uh, again, a, 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 an allegory. Like, a, he is a metaphor for how these things are, where, you know, 
there is the this the way the right wing presents itself and that's how his like his various characters mm-hmm. represent different parts of either the uh conservative or liberal uh points of view you know sort of like you know if you were to scroll through Fox News or CNN or MSNBC you'll see a, a wide range of people who will say and do whatever they need to do in order to push their agenda and uh, get their point across doesn't matter what they're trying to do or say uh, as long as their actions lead to people listening to them you know and Roger we see that you know the Ricky Spanish episode Ricky Spanish um, you know the uh, the people versus Martin Sugar like the the different things that he does, the different. Um, well, I mean the 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 sexual harassment episode. Yes, where he sexually harasses himself using two different personas. He will do whatever he needs to do to advance his own uh, personal. I don't want to say agenda, but his own. Like whatever mood he happens to be in, whatever crazy scheme he happens to be involved in, and then like, he will go in and out of like random random like schemes so quickly like he'll lose interest in something it's like oh yeah i don't want to do that anymore i don't care about that character anymore but when he gets invested he gets invested like how many times has he been married he has children in various personas i mean he's 1600 plus years old so like he's been around and you know i think roger himself does have some like loyalty to the smith family but when he's in a different persona, he really commits. And if that persona doesn't see the need for the Smith family for whatever reason, um, he will do terrible things to them. Yeah, so a little bit of history about this little gray alien. So according to the episode Franny 911, Roger has been on Earth for over 60 years, having arrived in 1947 as a result of being tricked, led to believe that he was, quote, the decider in whose hands the fate of mankind rested, when in fact he was serving the role of a crash test dummy. After causing his aunt's spaceship to crash, Roger lived with a family of pioneer fur trappers that died traveling on the Oregon Trail in the episode Oratron Trail. There's also the possibility he or another member of his alien race came to Earth in early antiquity, evidenced by the premiere of season 13. In the episode, a stone carving is depicted as an alien bearing physical similarities to Roger, the alien squatting above a pyramid with two Egyptians presumably praising him and hieroglyph characters surrounding them. In the episode Naked to the Limit one more time, however, it is evidence that Roger remains on Earth by will. The episode reveals that he simply uh, he can simply call for his alien kind spaceship to return him to his birth planet if he so desires. Now, the reason why he's with the Smith family is uh, he came into contact with the Smith family when he saved Stan's life back when Roger was a fugitive of Area 51, four years prior to the show's beginnings. Feeling he owed Roger a life debt because of this, Stan rescued him from the government capture and allowed him to live in his home. Stan has allowed this in defiance of his employer, the CIA. Roger now covertly lives in the Smith home. And he uses the attic 
as his hideout room bar, bar. The, the, yeah. the room that the, you know room kind of Yoga changes studio. to you know as yeah. on, on a whim to you know it matches his character for the day it, it matches ch- yeah his it disguise. changes to match whatever like the geo it's it's kind of like the the geography of Springfield. You know, depending on what the 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 physical joke needs to be, right? Like what, whatever Homer, the episode is centered around, right? Like, you know, in one episode, you know, their backyard, the Simpsons' backyard, is right next to the nuclear power plant, like, or at least the parking lot. Like, it's it's malleable geography based on whatever the the joke needs to be, or whatever the the plot device needs to be. Um. And the thing with with Roger is, you know, kind of touching on what you were saying, if he knows he can make some money, because he has several personas that are beyond wealthy, and each member of the family has a persona where they can't see through his disguise. Yes, yes. Uh, there, there's at well, I should say there's at least one persona that tricks each member of the family. Right, like for for Stan, he can't see the uh, I forget the guy, the one from uh, the country club. He can't see through the fact that that's Roger, um, even though everyone else can. Like for everybody, there's one persona that they just cannot see through for whatever reason. And my favorites are uh, when Roger knows a guy. And then it turns out to be him. He's like, oh, yeah, I know a guy. And it's like, oh, wait, it's me. Oh, it's going to be me, isn't it? You know, like, well, there's, there's... Like, he has so many personas that he can't necessarily keep them all straight. Like, there's there's an episode I just watched the other day where he sees a number. It's like, for a good time call type thing. And he calls it, and it's him. And he leaves a voicemail. And then he gets the voicemail. It's like, ooh, I'm going to have a good time tonight. You know, something along those lines. It's like he doesn't even realize that it's him. Well, and the reason why the disguises came about was because of his living situation. So living with Stan, Stan working for the CIA, he could not be found out. It would have been detrimental for everyone involved. They'd all be killed. Right. So it's, you know, mutually beneficial for them to all kind of establish these rules and abide by those rules. So for a while, uh, Roger was housebound. And he couldn't go anywhere. He couldn't do anything. And he starts to get really antsy and really miserable, more miserable than his usual personality. And we'll act get, like a lunatic. That was it. We'll get to that shortly. But um, he needed to do something. He needed an outlet. And that's where the disguises came from. It's like, well, you know, we can let you out of the house, but obviously you can't look like an alien. And so, it, you know, obviously it's funny because, you know, even in his disguises, you know, he's an alien. But apparently his disguises are so good that you know he can he can trick the average person into thinking that he's an actual person yeah he just you know he has very odd proportions including playing for the 1980 u.s olympic gold medal winning hockey team yes as checks lemono which is probably my one of my favorite of his alter egos yeah i mean he's been a bible salesman the one episode i can't remember what it is what what the name of it is but he's a Bible salesman, and he calls in a hit on himself from another persona because he's trying to ruin his own life. But oh, it's it's so ridiculous and convoluted, but at the end it makes sense. And the whole thing, again, because Roger is incredibly selfish and incredibly self-centered, it the whole thing started because he wanted a pair of gloves. And... Oh yes, 
he wanted yes. a pair of gloves and that. ended up like you know engaged and like it was it was well, wild the great <clears throat> thing about these alter egos is that you know they fuel the plot for a lot of these episodes yeah, I would say that Roger is it absolutely... Gives the, I mean, the writers must have a field day coming up with all of these different scenarios and creating these different alter egos. Like, almost like saying, okay, what can we do next? Because pretty much everything is on the table. There is no limit. Right. He's been everything. Like, he, he's been a cop. He became a, a dirty cop within a day. Like, he got... Right. Like some of uh, some of Roger's characters are in prison, while others are widely despised. Ricky Spanish, and others inexplicably have full-fledged human families and are even married. Several of his characters somehow have birth children, while others are graduates of Howard University. Uh, and if you know what that is, you understand why that's kind of bizarre. Um, Roger also uses several of these personas to act in a criminal manner as several of his alter egos have been seen to engage in robbery, sexual assault, police corruption, identity theft, drug trafficking, child abuse, and with one persona even admitting to being wanted for a series of prostitute murders. And uh, as we saw in the case of the People versus Martin Sugar, uh, ran a sweatshop like is wild like some of the shit is, he does is absolutely it's like you have to figure like that one time that he was snot's girlfriend Jenny from the block yeah <laughs> that's the other thing his his personas are he is very committed to the cause her his personas are often very uh funnily named you know it's like it's almost like he's just looking that thing it's like a Kaiser Soze type thing. It's like, ah, oh, my name is So you Fred know, it's, it's one of those like he's just kind of looking to be found out, but he has yet to be found out. Um and his disguises are very meticulous too when it comes to wigs and facial hair and ensembles and yeah, everything. Like, you know, what type of like Ricky Spanish is a Ricky Spanish. It's a, a black black leather pants a red leather vest and like like a petting zoo or some kind of zoo uh t-shirt you know and a ponytail wig like he has various uh, he can also change his his physical shape because well, I was going to say like he's been sent to the hospital numerous times and has received medical procedures and has still not been found out yes but I mean, like he's been, you know, different, different, uh, different races, different genders. Like he is, he is. I would say, as gender fluid as you could possibly be. Oh yeah, he's he's pansexual. The clear definition of the word, um, you know, non-binary. I mean, well, he's an alien, obviously, but you know, definitely non-binary when it comes to. Uh, the multitude of pronouns that he prefers you know obviously when he's roger smith in his alien form he's he but you know when he's female presenting he refers you know 
prefers to be referred to as she like he's really committed to the characters that he's bringing to the plate and he's so creative and you know and and the backs like every it's not even just like a temporary character like every character has a backstory even if it's a character that's only going to serve him for a few minutes even if he's just like pretending like when he and steve are wheels in the leg roger smith is a drag queen like through and through roger yeah roger smith is the drag queen like like just which is probably why in 2014 so logo tv did one of those like march madness types of um, bracket yeah like like bracket contests and roger was voted quote the gayest cartoon character of all time yeah i mean he is you know it's but even that it's that's kind of pigeonholing him because he will engage in 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 sexual congress with anyone and anything yeah like it doesn't matter uh i mean obviously you know, there are certain times where he has to use a little bit of trickery, like the stress yes. ball with the snot. Yes, yeah, he's he's a he is an equal opportunity pleasure receiver provider. Yeah, like he's uh, pretty sure that's a thing. Yeah, that's I think that's the that, the that's medical the, term. that is that is exactly the appropriate term for that's that. That's the medical yes, term. Yes. But yeah, the, he's a character that is so interesting and so fascinating that you know watching him as he progresses through um he's incredibly selfish but at the same time can perform incredibly selfless acts however it is biologically ingrained in his species that he has to be a jerk right and that kind of harkens back to i believe the franny 911 episode where uh Franny stops enabling him and you know to um Stan has stopped and Franny was coddling him and you know I see the moon the moon sees me um and and really trying to be there for him and you know again just just being an enabler to this terrible terrible behavior and he throws a just a horrendous temper tantrum and she's like you know what i'm done i'm done and then come to find out uh because roger lands in the hospital he's dying Uh, apparently it's supposed to look like an et moment i wouldn't know don't know her uh but anyways um you know he's he's dying and it's because he's being so nice to everyone and you know he says that his in order for his species to to survive and to thrive they have to be a little salty a little shady they have to let their inner bitchiness out like they can't like they they can't hold it in because it's so their inner bitchy is so toxic to them that it poisons them so they they have to let they have to be catty they have to be cunty or else they will die and you know what same okay that's fair that's fair um yeah he's he's a character that you know as we've seen before uh when he was parker peters he was um using if he feels any type of slight he will create a situation in which he is able to gain the upper hand especially with his uh his rivalry with stan 
Uh, like when he was Parker Peters and he would, uh, which obviously is supposed to be Peter Parker, and he was um, getting pictures of the alien and they were trying to figure out who the alien was and you know where he was and he was using the CIA reimbursement to just go all over the world and take various vacations and you know uh you know take part in some debauchery and uh hedonism and it's like oh yeah and every now and then just take a picture of the alien you know himself just far enough away where it's like oh i tried to get him but he just slipped past me and like oh he's probably going to like orlando and you know like but he was racking up you know hundreds of thousands of dollars you know on the on the cia dime which makes sense that's who roger is that's something that he would do um but it was it was brilliant and it was all because like you know stan told him he couldn't do it you know like anytime somebody tells him that he's not allowed to do something or he can't do something like he asked for a roast for his birthday and you know all the things that they told him about like he ends up with a life coach he ends up you know quitting drinking and like when they spy on him like that's how committed he is like when they spy on him like they really see that he's working at this bank that he's you know exercising that he's doing all this stuff but in reality he's trying to get them killed and like he's exacting his revenge for you know over a year right he's so petty like he is like petty man is level of petty like it is so perfect he's such a great character when it comes to that stuff and it's really uh honestly like the reason i watch the show is for roger what kind of crazy hijinks is roger gonna get into this episode yeah some of the the more recent ones um like we were watching an episode last night uh about the bazooka sharks the arena football team and stan was trying to convince roger who apparently was like this you know multi-millionaire pavement guy and he's like all right i won't do it but then like somebody else came in and took the contract and it was a company that roger worked for and like his twin brother who is a human is the one who uh is the one who took the contract and they were going to pave over like this, you know, this tree that was special to, to Stan. And like, he's showing a picture of their mother, which was him. Like it's, it's unbelievable. Like sometimes he will interact as two characters in like the same room. And we realize we, it's revealed to us when the, uh, the Jenny from the block episode, um, that he can move incredibly fast. So it appears that he's in two places at once. Having I mean, a he's pretty much, yeah, himself. he's pretty much the flash when it comes to that. Yeah. He's able to like, there's a, a clip that I, cause I was looking for some clips to play for the show. And there's one where he's talking to Francine. He's like, Oh, don't tell, you know, Carla or whatever her name was he's like, Oh, sorry. Uh, He's like, oh, don't tell her that I, you know, those things that I said. And then all of a sudden you hear, what things you said? And it's like, again, Roger in a different disguise, like sitting on a bench eating a sausage. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I love the fact that they're able to do this with this character. Like, you could do an entire show of just Roger interacting with himself. 
Because there are so many different alter egos that he takes the form of. And speaking of those alter egos, I just happen to have a really hefty list in front of me of all the different names that he's gone by. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you right now. Let's see if I remember who most of these are. <gasps> Meredith Fields. Nope. Stan's Uncle Roger. Yep. Tearjerker. Tearjerker. That's the that's good, a great that's a good episode. episode with uh, with the celebrity babies and, and the robots. Sex pun. Sex pun to come. Yes. Uh, Cecilia Takaro. I don't remember that one. Raider Dave. Raider Dave. No. Samantha Kingsbury. That one sounds familiar, but I don't remember. The Leg Man. The Leg. Yeah, wheels. Wheels and the Leg, and the leg Man. They're detectives. Scotch Bingington. Scotch Bingington, I think, was a uh, he was like a, a college kid. Yeah, wasn't he the one like in the the um, oh, fraternity? Yes. Uh, Appleby McFridays. Appleby McFridays, which may be my favorite name. Uh, Sydney Huffman. Sydney Huffman is the guy who was married, gonna marry the the from the glove episode. He was a Bible uh, salesman. Chili. Chili. Yes, I remember that one, but I don't. I don't. I think he was like a criminal. Arbuckle T. Boone. That's one we just watched recently. Braff Zackland. Braff Zackland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he was supposed to be like a high school kid. Jeannie Gold. Jeannie Gold, the wedding planner. Yes. Sholanda Dykes. Nope. Mr. Deliver. Nope. Jeremy Niederhoff. Nope. Abigail Lemon Party. Sounds familiar, but I don't remember. Ricky Spanish. Ricky Spanish, I remember. Dr. Penguin. Yes, he's the family psychiatrist. Yes. Twill Ongenbone. No, I don't remember that one. Laszlo Morphine. Laszlo Morphine, no. Martin Sugar. Martin Sugar, I remember. Krispy Kreme McDonald. <laughs> This, this is what we're talking about with these names. Jean-Louis Finch. Nope. Kevin Ramage. Kevin Ramage. That sounds... I I don't... This, he has so many, it's hard to keep track. Sweeps McCullough. Sweeps McCullough. I think he was a TV guy. Clive Trotter. Nope. Tom Yabo. Tom Yabo, yes. I forget what he was for, but I remember the... I remember the... Uh, the... Uh, the name... Dmitry Krochlikneov. <laughs> he was a yes, he was a, a Russian. He was like uh from the I think it was from the uh from the uh the the wedding planning episode. He was the guy who stabbed Steve. Mm. Fantasia Lopez. I think that was from like a singing episode. It's supposed to be, you know, obviously Fantasia, Fantasia and Brayden. Jennifer yes, Lopez. Yes. Roland Chang. Yes, but I don't remember from what. Spartacus Vanderhill. Spartacus Vanderhill. I think that's the um, that's the rich guy from the Country Club episode. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I think the Vanderhill. Yeah. Uh, Checks Lemino. Checks Lemino. Obviously, we covered. You know, and one of the things i love about that episode is they superimposed pictures of roger as checks lemino over actual footage of the 1980 us olympic men's hockey team yeah like still photos and stuff yeah which i thought was just it was so it 
In case you didn't know, I'm like a huge fan of the 1980s U.S. men's gold medal winning Olympic hockey team. Like, it's not quite to the point of obsession, but I am definitely slightly fanatical about it, uh, especially for an event that I wasn't even alive to witness. But anyways, um, or at least I wasn't alive in this meat sack. To... My name's Bob Danilu. <laughs> I make gluten-free desserts. Uh, but anyways, getting back to the names, Bing Cooper. Bing Cooper. I think that was like one of the Christmas ones. Roy Rogers McFreely. Roy Rogers McFreely was the guy from the uh, the homeowners association when Stan yes. was head of the homeowners association, and he got mad because Stan forgot to bring home grenadine one night so he could make a Roy Rogers. Laura Vanderboeben. Laura Vanderboeben was the one from the, the uh, sexual assault episode, and it's like Luke grope something or other. Uh, might even be on here. It'll probably be on there. Um, oh, yep. Luke Fondleberg. Fondleberg. I knew it was something like that. Grope, fondle. Yeah. Yeah, I harassed her. I harassed the crap out of her. He ended up getting a $90,000 settlement. Reganomics Lamborghini. That's like one of his like pyramid scheme people, I think. Alicia Wilkner. Nope. Sergeant Pepper. Yes, Sergeant Pepper. He was, uh, it was supposed to be like, uh, the Hurt Locker, but he was cleaning out toilets. Cuss Mustard. Nope. Ace Chapman. Familiar, but I don't remember from what. Jenny from DeBlock. Jenny from DeBlock, yes. Remember that one. Winfrey Smith. Winfrey Smith. It's supposed to be like Oprah, obviously, but I don't remember. Bob Danilou. Bob Danilou was the one from the People vs. Martin Sugar when Stan gets arrested for beating up the marshals and taking their jacket so he could arrest Roger and bring him to justice. He uh, He's like, who are you? And then, like, he's in a prison jumpsuit, and he looks exactly like Martin Sugar, and he hands him the, uh, he hands him the, uh, the his business card. He's like, Bob Danilou, I make gluten-free desserts. Not going to lie, we're struggling. Max Jets. Uh, and I'm assuming Jerry Jets also goes along with that person. Probably. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon, yes. He had the nose. He had the fake nose. Parker Peters. Yep, the from the CIA episode where he was taking pictures of himself. Genevieve Vavance. Don't remember that one. Billy Jesusworth. Billy Jesusworth. I think that, that might have been... It was, I think it was supposed to be like Jesus Shuttlesworth, played by Ray Allen. Trish. Nope. Just just Trish. Nope. Uh, unnamed Nigerian medical student. I think I remember that one, but... Dan Ansem Handsome. Yes. Yeah, he was um, one of the... It was something that him and Francine were doing. That was one of their uh, one of their one of the personas that he was getting into shenanigans with. Clip clop. He was a horse. Uh, when he was Doctor Penguin, he he dressed up like a horse. He's like, my name is my name is Clip clop. You know, offer me some sugar, and if you gain if I give you my hoof, then you know you'll gain my trust. And he's like, stands like, give me your foot. <laughs> Professor Jordan Edelstein. Nope. Warren Beanstalk. Nope. Ruby Zel Ruby Zeldestein or Zeldestein. Nope. 
Emmy Lou Sugarbean. Yes, but I don't remember. I, I think she was supposed to be like a kid. Ace Crouton. Nope. Skylar Montessori. Skylar Montessori. I think that was like a, a kid at a prep school. <laughs> Madeline Carpal Tunnel. <laughs> I don't remember that one. Bert Jarvis. Nope. Frankie Marconi. Nope. Morris Buttermaker. No. Horse Renoir. Yes. I don't remember from what. Like, a lot of these, like, they were just for, like, two seconds. Milliseconds, yeah. yeah. Professor Baxter. Yes, but I don't remember from what. Captain Francois Dubonnet. I don't uh, know. LeVar Crush. LeVar Crush. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I think he was a motivational speaker or, or something like that. He was like, yeah, we crush it. Like, he's, he had business cards. Marmalade the Cat. No, I don't remember him doing that one. Maurice Barnes. Nope. Uncle Cappy. Uncle Cappy, no. Tony O'Chat. Nope. Raggy Baba. Nope. Cosworth Smith. No. Isaac Philippe or Felipe. Nope. Eureka Ziegler. Nope. Valak. Nope. Lacey Crinklehole. No. Abby Road. Abby Road. Yes. Abby Road was when Stan was trying to go on tour and see uh, my morning jacket. It was yes, the almost famous. Yes, yes. He, he was, he was like, um, uh, what's her name? Kate Hudson. Kate in Hudson. Almost, yes. Um, Penny Lane. Yes. Yes. Yeah, she was Abby Road. Yeah. Yes. And those are just the named characters. There have been plenty of times where he's been in a disguise where he's taken the name Roger Smith or just a temporary disguise that doesn't have a name. Right. Like in the Ricky Spanish episode, he just threw Ricky on Spanish. like a, a dress and a wig, but like that character wasn't named. It was just something he needed to, he, he had to change out of the other clothes. Um, yeah, Jenny Gold is a character who had human children, like, which is, again, whatever. So it's weird. It's a cartoon. Suspension of disbelief. He was Moses once, too. He parted it, the Red Sea? No, it was the, uh, the Armageddon one when, like, he showed he turned up. He water into fire. Yeah, the rapture one, uh, which is my favorite one. Um, and he shows up with as dressed as Moses, wearing you know, Go holding, to the, heaven. holding the two uh, tablets, like the the Ten Commandments. And he's like, "Oh my God, that hobo from the bus station is hung." But I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually probably so. I really love the Chuck Slemano episode, but I think the Rapture episode is probably one of my favorites. That's my favorite episode, mainly because of the line where it's like. It's like, what does an antichrist look like? You'll know him when you see him. And they see, like, this Damien-looking kid, and he shoots him. Oh, what did you do? Uh, he's the antichrist. No, there's a prep school across the street. Sometimes the kids come over here and play. Oh, well, I guess I picked a whole, whole bouquet, bouquet of, of oopsie-daisies. Oopsie -daisies. <laughs> it's such a great line by Stan. But Roger's in that, too. And one of the... Uh, How come you don't pick me bouquets of oopsie-daisies? Uh, I know, right? Um... There's this, you know, his, uh, the fuel for his spaceship, he needs a, uh, basically jewel-encrusted poo, and Jesus has some of it, and there's this, it's gold shit, 
with jewels embedded in it. And there's like this weird side plot that like every so often, like you'll see it and everyone who's ever come in contact with it has done like terrible things with it. Like, or as a result of trying to obtain it, like they've killed people, they've killed their spouses, you know, they've killed their friends just to possess this thing. And it's like, you don't know what's going on. You don't know where it came from or why it's there. But, like, whatever it is, it's causing all these these problems. But Jesus gives it to Roger to pilot his ship, uh, to power his ship. And he's like, oh, can't you just rapture me? And Jesus is like, no, but, you know, I'm going to need a lot of help once I win the war and defeat the Antichrist. We're going to need a lot of help here, and it's going to be a lot of work, and I could really use you. And he's like, yeah, it's okay, because Roger doesn't like to do any work unless it's, like, part of his playing pretend. Like, that's really what his his personas are. You know, he views it as a game. It's like anyone else, uh, you know, like a little kid playing pretend, like, oh, look at me, I'm a fireman. But, like, Roger will actually become a fireman or a policeman, like... He literally becomes the thing that he's, like, playing at. Doesn't matter how many lives he ruins in the process. You know, like, when he's married to someone, like, oh, I'm playing house. Like, and he literally gets married and has a family. But if you think about it in regards to his actual age, like, this is just a small blip on his timeline. Like, he, did, I don't think he, he really realizes the ramifications of his actions. I think he it it doesn't dawn on him because it doesn't matter. He doesn't care. Well, I mean, there's that too. But I think, you know, I mean, when you take it from me, I know when you've lived for so long, certain things just seem so trivial. Yeah. I mean, basically, he's just doing this as a means to entertaining himself. Right. Or... Like, you know, he just he needs to do something with his time. Um, one thing I do want to bring up is how talented Seth MacFarlane is as a voice actor because you know he does the voice of Roger and not only does he voice Roger being Roger but he also voices Roger being all of these other characters and sometimes Roger has accents and other voices I mean but but still sounding like Roger like you can tell it's like me when I do my really great fantastic just award-winning impersonations and impressions um you know and he does all of these different accents and stuff as roger too yeah he's he's incredibly talented as we know he does so many he does you know stan he does roger he does stewie and quagmire and carter pewter schmidt and you know most of the voices on family guy he's you know like He's like a Dan Castellaneta, Hank Azaria type. Yeah, those, you know, he's able to really. Uh, I am in awe of people who can manipulate their voice in certain ways so that they don't sound like themselves. Because you know, Seth MacFarlane's natural speaking voice is much like Brian, Brian Griffin. Yeah. yeah, and and he's actually a fantastic singer as well. I think he put out an album. A couple of albums. Like, yeah, he's the a Nora cr- Jones Christmas album. Yeah, I was going to say, like, he's a crooner. Like, he actually has a very fantastic well, he melodic, sang the, just soothing he sang voice. The, the, uh, the, basically, the uh, the Fly Me to the Moon parody with uh, in 
Futurama into the wild green yonder. You know, like he's he's good. Like you know, they had Frank Sinatra Jr. on the show, and they sang together for you know several episodes. Um, but Roger's voice is actually based off of an, an impersonation Paul Lind. of Paul Lind. I didn't um, have to look that up. Who, if you don't know, he was the uncle in Bewitched. He's famous for being on Hollywood Squares. You know, Sorry, Hermes, I drank all your white out. Circle gets the square. Yeah. Which is an excellent Paul Lind impression. That, that wasn't bad. I have to say. Pat myself on the back for yeah. that one. So I think it's a this is a good point to wrap this up. Um you know, obviously we could keep going on and on about Roger and I'm sure at some point we'll end up crossing his his path again because we have to cover more of these characters. But uh yeah, this is a good spot to wrap up. If you haven't seen this, uh the entire series is on Hulu. Hulu. So give yourself a uh, do yourself a favor and uh check this out. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we'll wrap everything up. So, we'll be right back. Hey, what's going on? I'm Steven. And I'm Ron. And we're the hosts of the Super Retro Throwback Reviews audio podcast. If you like to hear the latest pop culture news with some smart-ass commentary as well as the latest movie reviews, then check us out. Also, we're a multi-award nominated podcast, so we're doing something right. God knows how that happened. So check us out on all major podcasts and distributors and check out Super Retro Throwback Reviews on all social media platforms. Greetings! We are the Retro Reductopus Cephala Podcast, a bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. He's right. We wax philosophic about lots of geeky crap like old video games and movies, toys, cartoons. I don't know. Help me out here. Music. Pants. Quoting video games that don't have dialogues. Shabibans. Tasty news. Unnecessarily long Japanese onomatopoeia. Butt breathers. Uncomfortable nature facts. Or how to install a samoplange. And unlike all those other podcasts, we at Retrodocubus have an exciting rotating host schedule. Do we? We sure do. So, if you didn't like the guy flapping his gums this week, like me, worry not, gentle listener. Next week, we'll have a whole new host. Of problems. Hey. They might still suck, but they'll suck differently. And you know what's really cool? Retroidoctopus is part of the Dorkening and Inebriar podcast networks, with new episodes every Tentacle Tuesday. Which is like every other Tuesday. We named it. Anyways, you can listen to us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or any podcast player cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all things that make growing up awesome. Grid, bro. Nose is clean. Lemon peel. Dried rosebuds. Burnt crinoline. Marzipan. Cherry. Peppery on the back. No, wait, the front. I'm picking up something green. Not sure if it's olives or watermelon or a snake. Here we go. This wine is a New World wine. This wine is from California. This wine is Central Coast. This wine is a Petite Syrah. This wine is from a high-quality producer, and it's 2008. It's milk. Oh, milk, of course. And we are back. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's been a while, you know, still trying to get back into the swing of things. So we're going to wait till next week and we're going to introduce a new battle. We're going to have new science, new wine. And I think we're going to start talking about a character that... Surprisingly, we've never covered. Almost 300 episodes in and we haven't covered this character at well, all. It, it, to be fair... This specific character has a lot of history. Almost 80 years. And, and a lot of different storylines. However, this character has been featured in a battle. Way back in our Back in Black episode. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a really good memory. So I'm impressed. Yeah. The Black Panther episode. So we are going to be discussing, uh, I think we're going to do cinematic first. Uh, Start there, yeah. Uh, because it's a little easier, but because the new movie just came out and everyone seems to really enjoy it, we're going to be talking about Michael Morbius. No, um, we <laughs> actually we are going to be discussing uh, Batman and Bruce Wayne, and we're going to start by discussing the films. Um, I think we'll kind of work our way backwards. Start with the Batman. Like, we're not going to do, like, Batman every single week for, like, the next 10 weeks, you know, but we're going to start talking about Batman. So if you haven't seen the newest uh, incarnation with Robert Pattinson and Paul Dano and Jeffrey Wright and Colin, uh, I almost called him Colin Quinn, Colin Farrell made up to look exactly like Richard Kind, which I thought was kind of weird. But uh, if you don't know who that is, Google it. You will see what I'm talking about. Um. But yeah, we're going to start with the newest iteration of Batman. Um, and then work our very way back talking about all of the Batmans. Yes. Bats, Batmen. Batsman. Batsmans? Batsmen. Batsmans! Um, but yeah, we'll be, we'll be discussing that. So if you have any thoughts about the most recent film, definitely reach out to us uh, either through Facebook, Facebook Messenger, uh, the obviously the Facebook group Throwdown Thursday podcast, and you can send us your thoughts and feelings at Throwdown Thursday podcast at gmail dot com. But uh, I think, unless you have anything else, uh, feels really good to be back. It does. It's I like nice being to be back. back. Uh, it's uh, it's good to be back in the in the swing of things again. Uh, and hopefully we don't have to go on hiatus again for a while. Yeah, here's here's hoping. Because I know uh, I will I will cheers to that. One of our one of our good friends just uh, they their show went on hiatus and they came to the realization that you know they should probably just end the show and move on to different things. Uh, that's not what's going to happen here because we enjoy doing this too much and we have too many guests coming up. There are some Shark Bites episodes that are going to be coming up. Uh, I've got some interviews with some with some writers and. Uh, I'm trying really hard. I want to get Susan Snyder on this show. Uh, she is the author of uh, Sharks, ex the Encyclopedia Sharks Blitanica. I mean, I know she would be a really good fit for Shark Bites, just given the name. But she would also be great I on this show. I think she would be fantastic for Throwdown Thursday. Just saying, I like her little um, what's her Sharks Exploitation Sunday on YouTube. Yes, yes, quick, very informative. Very quick, digestible, five to six minute videos. And she's super delightful. Oh, she's she's so great. Uh, and I would. Highly recommend checking out the book. It's it's awesome. I love that book. I blew through it. Um, 
and she and I have had some great conversations about our love for certain shark movies, such as uh, our good friends over at Bad CGI Sharks, who also Majama has been putting out some uh, some YouTube videos. So check out the Majama channel because uh, they've been reviewing some old quote-unquote classic films mm. uh and that's been really classic. good uh, i think they just did pieces was the most recent okay. one so check them out as well uh we'll put links in the description for uh both channels but uh yeah until then we, we will, will see you, you next thursday. thursday we promise seriously we'll be there <laughs>